2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Hey friends, welcome to the Tennis and Miggles podcast. And this is uh, an episode that we've been sort of, well, I guess pretty much everyone in the tennis community has been dreading about like for the past couple of years. Uh, and needless to say, everything in this episode is about um, Serena Williams, uh, one of the best tennis players ever to have graced the courts, um, who a lot of us were actually sort of expecting that would could be making a deep run in the US Open, and she basically almost did. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, yesterday um, she played what's what should be her last ever professional match that's why serena williams might be just retired from tennis (laughs) as we speak um and um 23 grand slams uh all of that we all know that this but today we're gonna try to focus a bit more on just these this u.s open that she just played um which was funny because uh even the u.s open was probably expecting her to lose in the first round because they had this whole ceremony for her and uh Billie Jean King came. Some people had like very nice speeches for her and she ended up playing another two matches after. Um, All of them very epic, very awesome with a lot of classic vintage Serena Williams in it and to be honest I don't even know how she does it because she's 41 years of age and I am 30 and if I had to play a half, not even half, like a 10% intensity that she plays I probably wouldn't be able to walk for a month. So Incredible stuff from Serena Williams, very gutted that she lost, um, and yeah, I'm here with Owen and Vansh, and we're going to be trying to talk about um, the awesome matches that she played in this week, and uh, yeah, how are you guys doing, guys? You you're doing good, <laughs> Owen?
2: <laughs> well, gesturing at Vansh to go
1: first, sorry.
2: Yeah, um, yeah I'm, uh, I'm doing well, uh, excited to talk about Serena, but a, a bit sad, as I'm sure everyone else is.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited for this episode because um, obviously when you have someone as big as Serena Williams, it's kind of extremely difficult to find the words and context to put her legacy in perspective because she's one of the most iconic sports figures and just transcends tennis in a way we, like we haven't seen before. So this is, uh, is going to be special and we're going to try to do this justice as best as we can.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I guess we can just start from the beginning. Like her first match, she played, I think she won 6 3 6 3, a phenomenal performance. And um, yeah, after Ash was full, um, she gave a good serving performance. What do you guys think of that match?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, so coming in. Uh, sorry um you can start I, I yeah. at this. i'll let you We've go first okay.
2: we are sorry we are we are very uh, I'll, we are I'll, still I'll let you go
1: first for, for <laughs> <Yeah>. everything okay sorry <laughs> yeah. um, okay. yeah. I, we'll
2: I think what's impressed that. me the most about her run is that um she kind of played herself into form i actually wasn't that impressed with how she played in her first match i think she had um maybe five double faults in that first set and i felt like um It wasn't that she squeaked through that match, really, because the scoreline was pretty comfortable, but I didn't think she was anywhere near her best. Um, But then against Kontovate in the second round, I thought she really played herself into form, and she was hitting, um, she was moving better. I thought she was striking the ball better from the baseline. I thought she served better. And then I thought a lot of that form carried into the match she lost against Tomljanovic. Um, But yeah, in that first round, I felt like there was definitely some rustiness there. Um, I think it's easy to forget just because of the presence she has on court she really hasn't played much tennis in the last year, two years. Um, And unfortunately, like rustiness affects everyone. Um, Even when the greats come back, it takes them time to find their game again. Um, But I was just impressed at how quickly she did that. It was like it took her one match. Mm.
1: Yeah, for me, it was just uh, really cool and exciting to see um, the ovation that she got when she entered the court for the first time against Kovinich, because, um, you know, I had kind of imagined what it would be like in in a situation like this. But it even exceeded that, to see, um, to see the crowd go absolutely wild and to see all the you – you could tell that a big celebration was sort of coming uh, regardless of she had won or lost. And the, there was also a lot of ambiguity there as to how, how – what, what do we sort of expect for, from Serena in this? Because obviously the only information we really have is the match that she played at Wimbledon. As I mentioned, she played very few matches in the last one year. The, the match against Tan at Wimbledon, which was a really exciting match, you know, three setters and it went it went all the way to the super tie break. And then of course you have the the t- Toronto matches that she played and then the where she lost to Benchich, but won a match before that, and then the Raducanu match. So from this standpoint, I felt like there was a release of uh, a pressure from on Serena's end because it felt like at least no matter what happens, her career and legacy has been spectacular so far. And so however it it plays out at least. The pressure is sort of off her shoulders, and I could see that because in the beginning she wasn't really playing her best tennis. Um, as Owen mentioned, was, I would mention, she was—I thought she was quite rusty uh, as well. Like in the first six or seven games, even went down. I think a break was down three-two against Kovinich, and then she sort of—you started to see a few vintage glimpses of Serena here and there, whether it be a return winner uh, or like some spectacular—spum, ah, I cannot speak—some spectacular <laughs> serving from Serena at the end to close out the first set. Or just kind of moments like that that remind you like what makes her so great. And just sort of that she was able to close that match out and just feed off of the crowd and just, um, yeah, it was, it was great to see because you could see there was a weight lifted off her shoulders and she started to actually enjoy tennis again. And she mentioned she hasn't been able to feel that way because she's had a target on her back for the last 23 years or so. So that was, that was cool to see from the, from the first round. And then I was just glad that she got to play again and uh, the journey would just continue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the serve has been, it's been kind of a two-edged, double-edged sword in the sense that its it's been there. Like when she's, uh, she had like a few games that she pretty much aced through. Like she served a few incredible um, aces against uh, both Contevate and Tom Ljanovic. Um, but also like when he had, when he let her down, it essentially just vanished. So it, it, it was an issue for her uh, as much as it was one of her greatest weapons. And you can be sure uh, that if Serena had played like a more fuller like a schedule, um, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have uh, dropped those games, uh, especially against Tom Lianovich. Um At least one of them she wouldn't have dropped so easily like to close out one of the sets. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely something that impresses me so much about her because when we saw her playing um, in Toronto and then in Cincinnati, uh, and even at Wimbledon, what kind of came over to me is just like, well, she's definitely playing playing well. You we can never expect a great champion to just kind of go out um, without a fight. Um, when I saw the the score against Raducanu, I thought it was pretty comprehensive. Like, I mean, Raducanu is very young and she's coming uh, she's coming of age essentially on tour, um, so even though she hasn't had the best results this year, she would be tough to beat if you don't have like a lot of, uh, you know, um, practice and um, Serena doesn't, hasn't had the best movement. So I didn't expect much from her in this US Open. I definitely thought she might lose in the first round, the way that she ended up winning her first match and a comfortable score. Like in the sense that like she kind of got the job done, wasn't necessarily playing her best, but it was by far not her worst performance. Um, i would say maybe in her career so yeah like it's it's definitely like every match that she's played impressed me even more like about how hard she's hitting the ball how consistently good she's been playing how well she's able to raise her level uh because when you're rusty it, it might be tough to just kind of get yourself to play better but then serena just kind of essentially yelled at herself to play better and then she did like for the next couple of points and yeah i guess uh, can okay, move on like maybe to the Contabate match if you guys want to move over this way, but like if you free to yeah talk th- in in different matches in different points if you want to, like I find there's there's a lot of suing thats on back, I guess to still this open
2: yeah i I think the point you made about her serve kind of fluctuating is a great one because against Contabate, late in that first set, um five four up in the tie break and the um I think she hit back to back aces to close it out. And that felt totally vintage, totally Serena. That serve is one of the greatest weapons in tennis history. Um, It's fantastic. It's unreadable. uh, It's fast. um, Insanely difficult, borderline impossible to handle when it's firing. Um, But then, like you said, Andre, it also did let her down in moments. And I think there's kind of a sad irony in the fact that in what's probably going to be the last set of her career, um, she got broken in every service game. Um, But yeah, I was really impressed with how she was kind of able to rise to the occasion in big moments because like those two aces in the tie break. And there was also a moment against Tomljanovic in the second set. She'd been up five, two had some set points, got hauled back to five all, and then it went to a tie break. So the momentum was against her. Um, and then she was ahead five, four in that tie break. And she won this 20 shot rally with a forehand winner down the line. That was just perfectly timed, not just like in terms of striking the ball, but in terms of the rally, that was the best moment to attack. Um, and then she had an ace on set point and and again I was just amazed that she was able to play like that with so few matches under her belt because I don't know it's so intense in moments like that and I think it's kind of impossible to handle them well not just without experience but without recent experience Um, and it seemed like she needed virtually no time at all um, to get back to that level Um, and I think the part that saddens me the most really and she talks about this in her court interview after the match was um she was talking about how she sort of played herself into form and she said oh, i should have started my comeback earlier this year um and it, it sounded like she was kind of joking but i sensed that there was some genuine regret there because i think she recognized how well she was playing and that had she come back earlier she could have played even better um and i don't know if that regret is enough to prolong her career um but i do think it was there uh which makes me a bit sad
1: mm-hmm. yeah for sure like for her to rise to the occasion against the number two player in the world, yeah, and essentially yeah. sort of break her game down like she did, in to especially to win the third set because obviously we, you know, she served for the first set at five four against Contevate got broken and then served out the tiebreak with two aces, and then and then had to navigate that dip that she had in the second set. Condovade also raised her level. And I thought that's some of the best tennis we've also seen Condovate play in you know a long time. So it was amazing that Serena was not only able to match that, but then find an extra gear that we've seen her do so often in her career. Um in the third when everything was on the line. And it was just her sort of just reaching back to some of her best years, uh, some insane defense. I mean, considering the circumstances, not, not like peak Serena by any means, but like just you know, finding finding those big serves in crucial moments digging out of tough holds like on the stretch while like on the run she pulled off some spectacular lobs to get herself back into the point point. and it was contavate who who felt uh overwhelmed by the occasion and who felt like she had to be the one to to um make this match closer and get back into it and serena was able to close her out so that was very that was very impressive to me and then i felt like okay she can work her way into this tournament now and she, she's She's got the the reps that she needed. Obviously, she also played a doubles match with Venus, so that also helped in terms of, you know, you know, getting the the right matches and prep that she she needed. I feel like she trained really hard in between Cincinnati and the U.S. Open because I did kind of see like a big improvement in terms of her fitness and also just, um, just like her faith in her own game and backing herself in big moments. You started to see that, but then in the Tomljanovic match, I think it was kind of fitting. The way it ended, actually, because I feel like it was it was um, symbolic of her whole career in the sense, especially that last game against which where she saved like five match points and just kept on hitting return winner after return winner. And just it was kind of frustrating that she wasn't able to find that on a deuce point or on a uh, on when or when she had a couple of break points. But it was it was crazy that she was that was the longest match she's ever played at the US Open in 21 years. And that's how she goes out. Even though she got bagel, uh, even the, even though she got breadsticked to the third set. It's so uh, fitting that it's the longest. It, it, uh, it's, it's incredible. It so yeah. seriously did not feel like a breadstick to me because yeah. not only was she up yeah. early, but also this, the way, the manner of, of the set. It just felt anything but a six-one set. Yeah. Just felt so competitive, and it just felt like that was the right way to go out. Like against an opponent who's maybe not um, not like a super you know, well-known top player to to most people, but just like you got to learn a little bit more about her and what makes her so good. And then you got to also celebrate Serena. So I feel mm-hmm. like it was a, it was a perfect sendoff in a way, like in front of the home crowd. And she did kind of hint that she could have started a little earlier. I did, I did kind of feel that way as well, especially maybe before Wimbledon or maybe she could have played, tried to play the French open or maybe something like that. But I feel like she did absolutely the best she could given the circumstances and mm-hmm. That's kind of what Serena is all about. Like just give it all that she has on that particular day. And I think that's what we, that's what we got to see. And I, and I do think it's the right time for her, to be honest with you. Like, I do feel like, you know, there's, you know, as much as she is, she was able to show her abilities. It is still going to be very difficult to keep that up for seven matches. And I feel like she's so competitive, so intense. Uh, she wants to go all the way and she believes she can, but it's just, at a certain point, after you're 41 and after you you've gone through as much, uh, I I also think like she's she's got uh, a lot of other things going on off the court, just not mm-hmm. only in terms of growing her family, but just like her business venture and just um, I just feel like it's a it's a really good time, and I think she got a really great send off, like playing four out of five matches on Arthur Ashe in the night slot. I just think it couldn't have been any better. The electricity yeah. on the ground was just unlike anything I've ever seen before.
0: Yeah, I think in terms of, um, I think you you pointed out such something that was really interesting how like Contave played some of her best matches that she's played um, in in a a long time. And it's crazy that like we got to see Serena um, having played like four or five matches this whole year. And then Polaris starting like essentially to peak against her, like in a sense, like she, they all played so, such good matches. Like we didn't, we didn't get like, um, matches where both players are sort of struggling no they they were actually hitting winners and playing phenomenal rallies all the time and Serena was into those she obviously was picking her moments to run and those to like just let it go because obviously I guess with her age it's not as mobile as she used to be but gosh how how well she moves for a 41 year old like come on um it's it's beyond um what I it's beyond expectations really like what would you say like for for how she's playing and how she had to deal with players playing so well and making it close, making it like she, she had every chance to win that match against, uh, to, uh, against Tom Lianovich. She unfortunately let it go, but she, she could have had the first set in the bag. It could have been like straight up another six, three, six, three, um, um, win for her, uh, been in the round four and that's it. Like second week of a grand slam, like no big deal. Um, But obviously Tamiyanovich played a phenomenal match as well. She essentially was ice cold um, on on pressure points, on putting pressure all back on Serena. And um, yeah, I think when I think of Serena, the whole time that I was watching those matches is, is that like, it's like, it's no wonder that 25 to 30 year old Serena, even younger than that, like dominated the tour for so long. Like, if her, at 41 years old, like, with five matches under her belt, was playing this well and was so hard to beat, it's obvious that Serena Williams that is like, fresh, uh, physically fit and match fit and with a lot of, like, um, youthful energy going on in her. Like, she she would obviously play incredibly well. If she peaks, I don't think that many people can do much about her. If she was speaking on serve yesterday, it would have been – phenomenally hard even for Tom Lianovich playing as well as she was to to close her out um I don't think it would, it would have been a red stick even at like 5-1 um Serena had like I think 40 love or 40-15 uh, up 15. in the third set yeah and that was like the second or third time in Dimash that match that happened that she lost her serve um uh, up 40-15 and it's just thinking if Serena had gotten one of those breaks backs, even that one at 5-2, at 5-1, it would have seemed that Tom Ljanovic could have maybe, you know, dropped her level a bit. Maybe it would have bought enough time for Serena to come back into this match. Maybe it was already over. We don't know it was over as it was over it. But if Serena had gotten one of those breaks backs, maybe she could have played herself a bit more into form. And another thing that I thought about, like, in terms of how well she played with just as little games under her belt and the difference that that would make in Australia would, I think, be the fact that um, I guess you play just with a little bit more uh, abandon when it's, like, your last tournament and you're, it's your home tournament and you know that, like, you're not going to come back. So kind of you're essentially fighting for your life. Yeah. Um, and I think that if Serena comes back to, to Australia, it's just not going to be the same thing. I think she, it's my own opinion that I think she would be setting herself up for um, disappointment if she goes to Australia. I think it's just not, it was just not going to be the same vibe if she, she announced that she's going to play in Australia. It's just going to feel different. So I think that yeah. part of the reason why she played so well was because she said to herself, this is my last tournament and it, this is the US Open. So I think this could have partially been what it is. Of course, it's Serena Williams if she manages to conjure up the same level. Yes, of course. If she she. There's no reason why she wouldn't be playing the Australian Open unless she says, I don't want to play it. But yeah, that's my personal opinion about that one.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think the question you posed, Vons, or, um what you said about this maybe being the right time for Serena is such an interesting question because we're in this unprecedented era of goats and that includes like how they choose to end their careers right like in terms of 20 plus time major champions the only one we really have to go off of is steffi graf who retired at 30 and that was within a couple of months of making a wimbledon final uh neither serena nor the big 3 are doing that right like they're playing well into their 30s um and it's so interesting for them because even when they decline they're more than capable of playing at a top 10 level like their decline would maybe be a typical tour player's peak. Um, so from their perspective, like, is it enough to still be competitive at the third round? Um, like making third rounds, losing close matches. Um, or is that not enough? Um, I just think it's like kind of intriguing to contemplate like when is the right time? Like, would Mm -hmm. they be content playing until they're not competitive at all? Or, Or are they so competitive that not being relevant? Um, or not being a factor, um, a contender to winning big titles, um, would be too hard to bear, um, while playing on tour. Because I think from like simply a logical perspective, if Serena keeps playing, she can be relevant, right? Like I think if she comes back, trains hard in the off season and comes to Australia, she could be even more dangerous there than she was here. Um, it's just a question of whether she thinks that's worth it. Um, and I'm going to be interested to see how the big three choose to end things as well, because even Federer, who's the oldest, um, when he was playing last year at Wimbledon on one leg, uh, he made the quarterfinals. Like, um, if you take out the context, that's a great result. Um, and so I think it's interesting to consider, like, when is the breaking point for these uh, these players, these legends? Like, what is the eventual decisive decision-making factor for them?
1: Yeah, and and the thing is that that's so fascinating because there's so many different ways that they look at it, right? It's purely just, okay, the results on the court, but then contextualizing that with with how much how many matches you've played recently, plus then factoring in your family, plus then factoring in, you know, um, obviously sponsors, business side of it, that's one thing. But then, you know, just how long, how much longer do you want to keep on putting yourself under fire like that? Because the reality is expectations from Serena, it might seem it might seem amazing that she got to the third round or the fourth round um in a major, but people people on the outside might think, oh if serena's not winning, she's done you know or stuff like that and so it's kind of hard to like separate those two things because obviously the the people who are not so much in tennis like we are you know they might they they kind of just associate Serena with like automatic winning titles, even though you know it doesn't quite <laughs> it doesn't quite work like that and I think for her opponents it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how they re- react to it as well. Like, because on the one hand, like many of them look up to Serena, many of them have watched her win several titles and, uh, and you know, be the greatest and all that. Um, and they've also, at one point, maybe they were very intimidated facing facing against her the, when she was in her prime. And, you know, maybe already they were down three love before they even stepped on the court. That's how big her aura was. And that's how great Serena was. But now when they play her, they look up to her, but they sort of relish that challenge and they want to peak and they want to be, they want to make themselves extremely, you know, by beating Serena, you become extremely relevant and you become like, a, like you become known for a long time. And you also add to your legacy. You also, I feel like that's, and then that sort of spreads around the rest of the tour and then they believe that they can beat her. And it just, it's sort of like the cycle of just like, you know, like passing the torch, but to like several different players. And it's kind of not how (laughs) that's good. That's why it's sort of like, there's never a perfect ending in terms of, in terms of, like, sending someone off. Like, so someone someone's career as big as Serena would take, like, years and years of, like, sending off to, like, make it seem like, okay, now, like, it's truly sort of that air of invincibility and aura is sort of fading away. But, like, it's just so hard to keep chipping at that. That makes sense. So it's just kind of an interesting dichotomy, I feel like, for the players because they look up to her, but they also want to really badly beat her. And it's just kind of like, is she willing to go through months and months of training because clearly she put in a lot of work to get to this um, US Open third round and like ring absolutely every last ounce of her career that she had left. And I think as long as you, you know, know in your heart that you've done that, then I feel like, you know, you know, that, okay, you gave it your absolute all. And I think Serena has, so she can definitely be extremely proud of that. And honestly, those four slam finals that she lost, you know, in the time it might've felt like if we're not used to seeing Serena lose like this, oh my goodness, you know, the aura is fading away. But now I look back at those four finals and I'm just amazed at how she was able, even able to get herself in those positions in the first place, you know, to make four major finals plus two major semis. semis. Uh, another quarterfinal where she rolled her ankle against Prishkova. that could have been another semi. It's like all these chances. She still managed to manufacture all of those after having so many complications with um, giving birth to Olympia and being in her late thirties and she still played so well to get to those finals. So it's just, it's just kind of, in a way, I feel like it added to her legacy rather than hindered her in a way that makes sense. I kind of look at those differently now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like how, I think one of the the questions that Owen said, like about like, when do um, players there like have, define tennis like they're greatest of all times like all of them have like um over 20 grand slams Uh, Serena Williams obviously has the most grand slams and grand slam titles in in the open era so um, it's no small feat so uh I guess like for for them like when you transcend tennis that much like you're you're either winning for the sake of winning <laughs> i are winning for the sake of breaking records i think serena at this point like she, she obviously said like of course i look at the 24 of course i would like to get it but that is also the understanding that her record is different in a lot of ways um and in the open era is pretty big as well
2: and
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: There's an also, uh, There's also the fact that tennis has changed so much since um, back in the 60s, 70s, um, and all the draws are massive, all the te- record technology is so much improved, physicality is a lot improved as well, so of course what she Serena did is, is, is incredible, but I think a lot of the times as well as Serena is competitive, but she also just loves to play tennis. And we can almost just kind of look at um, um sort of like a comparison market in a sense, like uh, and Andy Murray, which is probably one of the greatest of this this um, this past decade. We can just say that um, Andy Murray has uh, achieved many great things on his own right, and he's definitely had to suffer um, major uh you know, complication in his career. And he's still playing. He's obviously not a top 10 level. He can put up a top 10 level performance maybe once or twice in the tournament. Um, but he, you see his, his, his results right now. But he's still playing just because he still loves it. He just kind of like wants to compete. He still feels that he has it in him. And I think that if Serena isn't being comp- competitive to the sense that she would uh, be winning Grand Slam titles um, or even just titles in general... I think if she wants to play just because she wants to, I think um, it would be also a very um, gold thing to do. It's just like, you know, I just, I don't really care. I've already achieved so much. Like my legacy is so huge. I just kind of want to play for, for the fun of it and, you know, just kind of see what, see what happens and just be here and just be enjoying myself. Um, Now the target is completely off my back because I know I'm not playing all that well, but um and I don't have anything left to achieve aside from breaking my own records at this point. So, I think if it, if you're Serena and she says like, you know, I can, I'm just gonna play another tournament just because and just because she loves it. And eventually, she ends up evolving away from tennis, as she said it. Um, just because she says uh, I just feel like um, uh, not necessarily so that she's got bored of it, but she says, oh yeah, I'm not. Nice. I don't have the same interest anymore. I, just, I will always cherish my. Memories, but I just want I don't want to play professionally anymore. Like it's become actually just a lot more work than it is fun. Um, but I still obviously enjoy playing, and that's obviously a great way for her to go out if she so wishes to. Because I think that when you're when you get to the status of goat, I think the way that you decide to go out is pretty much the right way. Um, so so long as it's yeah. on her terms, and I don't think there's any. There's not, not a lot of ways that she can go out now that it's not, it's not on her terms. I think if she went out due to injury, if she kind of um, had a massive injury like torn a ligament at the U.S. Open, that would have been extremely sad because that would obviously end her career right there and right now. She wouldn't even have a say in it. But now that she's just lost and she's, she seems very fit, I think that by the time that she says like, oh, yeah, that actually was my last tournament um, – I think it would be extremely fitting. It would be a perfect ending, just a boss ending. It's just like, yeah, now I'm done. And that's it. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost, it's more bossy than San Francisco winning the US Open when he retired. Because technically he didn't, he didn't even retire officially until like a year after. So, yeah, he, he yeah. practiced
2: for a while and just couldn't get the motivation up and then called it. It it was not um, like a, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to, to kind of close this out, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what do you think Serena's legacy is like, both on court and off court? Um, I, I know that's a, a huge, heavy question, um, but like I, I, th- I think starting with on court, it's just amazing to me how she mastered every area of the game. Like I think she is the perfect player. Like at at one point, she was the best server and the best returner in the world. Uh, both forehand and backhand, she could hit amazing shots from anywhere on the court. Um, There were points when her movement was completely off the charts. Um, And I think it's just, not just having that balance, but having like being balanced at that incredibly, incredibly high peak um, is amazing to me. Like I can't imagine how difficult it would be to play someone who's not only essentially unbreakable and she's serving well, but also is going to break you if you miss first serves at all. Um, Like that must be, completely nightmarish um and i am not super well positioned to to comment on the off-court stuff um but i think she's inspired an incredible number of people um i I think her her journey to the top is amazing um and we're uh, unlikely to see a story like the one she and venus have had ever again
1: yeah i think it's so difficult to just sum up her entire legacy i think just the fact that she was who she was and she unabashedly was herself and showed that, um, you know, female athletes, she sort of broke the mold in a way in terms of the way female athletes express their emotion on the court is that they, they actually can, you know, rather than, you know, keeping themselves bottled up, they can show their emotion in a, you know, way that shows, you know, she can pump her fists. She can play aggressively. She can she sort of became that symbol of strength that I feel like a lot of people looked up to. And they said, if a position, that if someone who looks like her and who's from where she is, which is Compton, California, and went through, um, you know, and used shopping carts as uh, uh, instead of a ball basket and stuff like that, and went through ridiculous amounts of criticism and experienced a lot of racism. I mean, there's so many other elements to it and grew up and grew up having the lifestyle that she had and she can make it to the top. Why can't I, you know? So I think that's the kind of inspiration that I think that's what, that's what this new generation always talks about your generation of Coco Goff, Naomi Osaka, Leila Fernandez, um, but other, other girls as well who are, um, who look up to her and not just girls, but boys as well. So I think it transcends, she's transcends sport in a way that's so much different than any other player that I've, I've seen. I mean, when you have a career that's 28 years long um, you also dip your toe into several other um, sectors outside of sport, right? Like business and fashion and, even like singing and so many different things where I feel like she's just, and obviously the the movie. So she was uh, also at the Oscars. Just feel like her legacy is so much beyond tennis that I feel like a single match or something is like just such a small thing in the larger scheme of things. I just feel like it's, I, it just goes so much beyond tennis. And I feel like the Vogue article that she wrote really showed me just how human she is because she you could see that she was really struggling with this decision. Like she was at peace with it but she was always, always really wrestling with it. that. Yeah, this is really, really tough for me. And that's why you could see her sort of, you know, finding words to describe the retirement, but it was, or evolving, but it was just, it was just really hard for her. And I got the sense that um, it's not going to be easy. So it was just, it was just cool to see how she did it her own way. And I think that's what I'll always remember that she can just be proud of it all. And, yeah, it just brought so much. Mm-hmm. inspired so many people.
0: Yeah, I guess Encore. Like, oh, and of um, course the serve. The serve is the greatest weapon.
1: Yeah. The serve is oh, the yeah, greatest weapon in you know, any yeah. player that I've ever seen, like in terms of uh, especially like in the women's game, like the greatest serve of all time, like hands down. I don't think any other serve comes even close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Especially it's consistent. It's well-placed. It's disguised. It has everything. It's powerful. It's um, players have hit harder serve than she has, but at that point, who, what matters is like if you added like a couple of miles per hour to your serve. She she was ace queen for the longest time. She um, I think her service definitely, along with her physicality and just how she presented herself on court, I think it changed um, the women's game.
1: Yeah, I, I just want um, to say just, um, one more one more thing. I was thinking about. I actually tweeted about this other this last night, actually because it got me thinking about the big three and how, um, how their retirement and how their legacy will sort of be talked about, right? So I started to see that Serena Williams, in a way, sort of has a lot of the traits that the big three have. And, it's, and she has a lot of individual ones from each of the big three. Like, in a way, she's sort of a lot like Rafa in the sense that she, she has that competitive drive, that intensity, that will, like in, impeccable physical strength, She's extremely demonstrative, fist pumps, all the rest of it, celebrations. And she's really, really um, remarkable at enduring pain. That's another trait that Rafa has. And I feel like Serena has all of those traits. And then you you look at someone like Djokovic, right? He has such inner self-belief. He's very open about being the best, right? He's very upfront about the reason why he wants to play. And that he doesn't mind shying away from the fact that I'm here to play for history. I'm here to play for records. I want to be the best. I feel like Serena has that as well. Um, And then Federer, I mean, that's where you have the longevity playing as many uh, years as they have, like winning matches in their teens, twenties, thirties, and forties. Obviously you talk about the serve. That's a really big pillar of Federer's game more than the other two, I would say. And then of course, transcending the game being, you know, Involved in and just like being a household name and just so much bigger than tennis, you know, and uh, like transcending, you know, transcending tennis. And then obviously, you have the business side of it and then the whole brand and just the number of fans and the impact. So I feel like she has all the big three sort of in one. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I think to, to, I get that for
1: sure.
0: Yeah. I guess to, to comment a bit on that, like somebody commented on the Twitter account yesterday that not a lot of comparisons are made. The other way around uh from like women towards men but a lot of like from men towards women and um this is obviously a valid like com- um not necessarily a complaint but like really just a a feeling that's just it's a very very valid feeling for like uh, women's sports uh, to men's sports and i think that if while you did compare the big three to serena in a lot of ways i guess you'd be even more fair to, like, compare just the other way around to Serena to the big three. Like, the big three do have a lot of things that Serena did brought to the game, bring to the game. Mm-hmm. And Serena actually started earlier. <laughs> like, she started winning in the 90s, yeah. um, which was before Federer actually started, like, get getting his game together, even though they're about the same age. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, in a way, if we can look at Serena's legacy and um, hoping that we can... Uh, compare just how men's game could have changed as well like some some men like have expressed how serena williams has inspired them and i think it's more than fair and i think it's so impressive that um and it should really just come as a as something that we should always look forward to like in the future just how both men and women can inspire each other uh in the game and like female athletes can inspire like younger male athletes to become a big, like, I think Tiago mentioned how he was inspired by Serena Williams as well. So isn't that, isn't that great? Like to see like, what do men's tennis also has the Serena has brought or like other women that came before her have brought as well. So um, yeah, I think that's that's part of her legacy as well that we, I think we're going to be seeing more and more in the future.
2: Yeah. Um, I I don't know if there's any athlete from any sport whose first name carries the same, power that serena's does like i think Mm. you can tell anyone tennis fan or not just serena and they immediately know who you're talking about um and have some sense of what she's accomplished um and yeah i I think we're unlikely to see a career like hers again um Mm. and i i got into tennis late so i missed um i missed watching her best years live um gone back and seen a lot of highlights but I, I feel so lucky to see as much as I did anyway. Um yeah. it's it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was truly the only a thing
1: that... the yeah. I was just gonna Sorry, say it was truly to... been, been a privilege like all the way just to see just to see how far she's taken it and just the fact that she was there before my parents got married, right after they had <laughs> me. So then I was a kid. So then now I'm uh, now i finished grad school and now here she still is like doing amazing things. So it's just, yeah. just like the longevity yeah. and i think how much she's meant to people and how much sports we talk all the time about how sports are such a gateway for people to um like escape from other things in their life and i feel like serena has done that for a lot of people and just uh, it's just like great entertainment even if you just take out the rest of them inspiring people and all the impact it's just very entertaining to always watch her play
0: yeah yeah I think the the one interesting thing about Serena's career is that back when she was winning it all and just completely dominating the tour, it was just really hard being a fan of anyone else other than Serena <laughs> because you you would know that Serena was the ultimate obstacle to 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 surpass and I think that now that she's retiring it's just really good to um look back and realize that. It was just really good to have her on tour, even if you were a fan of like anyone else back in the day, like if you're a fan of the or Janera Safina, um, just to see, see that Serena did what she did. I think it's it's way better that we had Serena than if we hadn't had Serena. So yeah, we're obviously very thankful that she appeared in that sport. So yeah. Yeah. For Any sure.
1: final I'm remarks? Happy. <laughs> this uh this U.S. Open actually the send off it kind of reminded me of Andre Agassi, um in two thousand six, because, yeah. you know obviously Pete Sampras is sort of the extreme where he just totally retired like, on the high like winning in two thousand two, and then tried to train but then stopped, um and then of course then you you, this was so much better than, you know had that last match been her tearing her hamstring fifteen months ago at Wimbledon it would have just had a totally different vibe. So I'm so glad that we got this tournament to really honor her in the way that we did because it sort of reminded me also of, like, Andre Agassi, he beat Marcos Bagdadis, I think, in the second round. And that's sort of equivalent to this Annette Contivate in a way. And going out in the third round, and, like, it just, it was such a good way, I think, to just see, see everything that Serena is made of, like, just through, just through three matches like that's that's pretty amazing i think
2: yeah mm-hmm. yes yeah, yeah. so speaking of agassi um for serena's first match this tournament um i was at the gym with a friend and um I, so i watched the first set like on the screen um that was in front of one of the treadmills yeah. um and i'd gotten my friends to read open um and so when it like sort of showed a montage of serena at the beginning and then a bunch of other great players i was like look at the screen that's agassi um because he was on there for a second um but yeah that's it <laughs> that's that's the whole idea. yeah um but yeah it's just um just so lucky that we got that her career was this long and that her us open run was this long um and yeah i think um whenever i'm sad there are um a lot of highlights that i can go back and revisit um and that's lucky too
0: speaking of books is there i'm sure i I don't follow that much like uh, that that aspect of tennis but there must be a few books about serena Williams, right is there like any biographical one oh when you would know it googling now (laughs) okay
2: Um, so i did see on wikipedia she wrote an autobiography um 2009 i think um Mm. let's see um serena williams my life um yeah well looks like there is one
0: well in that case i I will be buying that shortly yeah yeah (laughs) If it's that outdated, I could definitely, like this from actually 2009. I'd be excited to see if she has plans on releasing another one soon. Or like if somebody is doing work to release one soon, that would be really cool to read with uh, her latest accomplishments in her career up to the end of it. I think it would be really awesome. So, yeah, we'll be on the lookout for that. <laughs> definitely recommend it.
1: So, you no know one really um, got me in the interview yesterday that she did on court when she talked about what, Venus. You know, she was like, there's no v- there's no Serena without Venus. And none of this would have ever been possible. And she was choking up and in tears, um, as she said. And it just really got me thinking. Like, Venus is just such a crucial figure in her life. And I'm so glad that the, um, that the movie about Richard Williams was all about Venus. I feel like that was such a good way to honor Serena in a way as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although I do hope they make another movie to, to tell the next few years of the story because I felt like it ended. It ended. Simply. Yeah. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah.
0: That would be cool. Yeah. Definitely a bi- biography of Serena uh, Williams, like a documentary form or sure. anything like that, like a fiction in a sense uh, or biopic would be interesting too. So.
2: Yes, like the yeah. ten episode HBO series. Get get on. That oh movie,
0: yes. So. <laughs> HBO, not Netflix.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, absolutely.
1: What a what a supportive older sister though. Like just, yeah.
0: mm.
1: just always there
0: for yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. So oh, and then also, yeah, so, so just that, one
1: yeah. one more question I have for you guys. Yeah, what do you yeah. think was the most memorable title run uh, of the twenty? that she has. I, it's kind of hard to pick one. I know, but it's just. Uh, I, I think twenty seventeen
2: Australia is up there. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. knowing now in retrospect that she won that while pregnant, um, Venus in the final, yeah. both of them past their primes it was her last one um i think that's hard to beat
0: yeah so i think that one of the most memorable has to be the first u.s open that she won
1: yeah
0: way back when i think it's quite an unbelievable from her like, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> 23 years
2: but ago yeah.
0: yeah but yeah oh, that, of course, that's like, kind the, of poetic the, the, isn't it 2017 yeah yeah, yeah. wow, well, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That was, just but yeah, a... I, I guess I guess 2017 1999 uh, would be the, the best ones yeah. for sure. Yeah. What do you think, about The
1: 1999 one is the one that stands out for most people because she beat so many Grand Slam champions on the way. Right, she beat like Martinez. She was like five. Uh, she beat Davenport. Or no, she beat she beat Martinez. Then she beat Celeste. Then she beat Davenport and then she beat Hingis in the final. Who was only a year younger than her, but that's but pretty much a established prodigy by then. Yeah. So that was uh, that was spectacular. I think when she was asked this question, she mentioned something interesting. She mentioned the 2015 French Open. And that's sort of one that stands out to me as well because um, she won the French Open in 2002. And you know, this was the, this was a least successful major. So it took her you know, it took her so many years that's to then win it 2015 and if you remember that tournament she was really really sick she said uh, she said yesterday that she almost uh, she almost died in that tournament because of the flu and everything that was surrounding it and I still remember those matches she played against Sloan Stephens and Nazarenka from a set down mm-hmm. and Pashinsky in the semis from a set down and then the final was pretty memorable too because she was it looked like it was going to be a very straight and easy yeah. She said victory, and she was up like 6-3, 4-1, game points for 5-1. And then she loses that set in a tiebreak and then just plays like some vintage tennis at the very end yeah. to close it out and win the French Open for the third time. I,
2: I think she the was even down 2-0 in the third set. And at that point, it's like, okay, this has really gotten away from her. And then she just won six games in a row. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Like out of nowhere. Uh, it's it crazy Like, like when yeah,
0: when Serena can play well. Like, I guess it's, it, it's just really hard to stop. So
2: yeah, I I don't yeah. even remember what year this was, but a while ago I was watching like a rerun of an Australian Open final on ESPN and it was Serena and Lindsay Davenport and I think Davenport won the first set and she was up in the second but then Serena like hung in there and hung in there and then won the second set. It was really close and then just bageled her in the third set like it was nothing and it's like well, yeah, your your window of opportunity is very very small against her.
0: Yeah. I still remember like when she beat uh, Vaska in the I want to say 2013 Wimbledon final. Around-
1: 2012, yeah. 2012, yeah.
0: 12, yeah. It's, uh, it was impressive, the fight that Radvanska put to win the second set of 7-5, but then Serena just kind of essentially walked in, and there was no yeah. chance Like after that. yeah, yeah. It, was, I, it was almost like a, a woman versus girl at that point. Yeah. It was crazy.
2: I, I remember watching that one and thinking the same thing and just like, marveling at the fact that Radvanska won a set. It's like, that should yeah. not have happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kind of crazy. She won ten majors from the twenty twenty from the twenty twelve Wimbledon to the twenty seventeen Australian Open. Yeah, and she had a Serena Slam in there as well. She's so yeah. between two Serena slams, slams
2: in her career. Yeah, yeah. she's won ten That's majors insane. between
1: thirty and thirty five. That is just yeah. I mean, talk about reinventing yourself tactically as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like I, I think in twenty thirteen or twenty fifteen. I think it was twenty thirteen. She had this outrageous record on clay, like it was her worst surface, and she was putting up like career best numbers on clay, like in her 30s, um, and it just kind of made no sense. Um, but that's Serena.
0: Yep, I guess she got mad because Sharapova had become like a great, a great player on clay. She decided that's not right. <laughs> I have to do better than this.
1: Oh, yeah, for the head-to-head with Sharapova, my goodness. Sharapova is yeah, a 2-1, was, uh... and then it becomes 22 in favor of... Yeah, So that was just sad.
2: Yeah. Talking about dominating sense. her rivals. And um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. even Venus, like one of the Serena slams, I think the first one, um, like all four major finals, she beat Venus. Like, that's <laughs> brutal. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, playing at the same time as her in her peak would, would not have been an,
1: yeah. an enjoyable experience. I'm kinda of glad we got two matches between her and Graf. I feel like that was that was so yeah. cool that they their careers overlapped that we actually got to see two yeah. matches in, between and they each won one like seven five in the third. It was just so fitting. And you know, she played against Henin and uh yeah. that era, like even before that, like Arancha Sanchez. Like she was part of like five eras, actually. If you think about it, it's like
2: yeah, yeah, that kind of
1: I- I had a great well, rivalry
2: yeah. with Azarenka for a little bit in like 2013, 2012. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, she's played everyone. Yeah, and, like, I, I think. Um, I wish.
1: I wish we had seen her play Coco Golf and Shiontek and yeah, some of these other yes. girls. That are maybe in the
0: maybe she had decided to play more of the season. Than we would have seen a bit of it. So
1: yeah, and she was ask, always a, like a switch later in her career, and just play, like maybe 12 tournaments max a year, but like just find her best tennis and work her way into the just,
0: just, just play, play the, the summer season top. and that's it yeah.
1: And, yeah
2: if she wanted to do that I'd be here for it but yeah I yeah. think um, yeah I, I mean just can't thank her enough for, for the career she yeah. did us because it was, exactly uh, yeah uh, unparalleled
0: yeah, yeah so sure. do we do we think that she comes back for the Australian Open or I don't think
1: so I think it's going to be a negative as well I, I just think she's going to be at peace and eventually she'll yeah we all in perspective, and she'll realize this was yeah. this was a great. Agreed. idea. I think. So.
0: Agree, I think she doesn't come back either. So, yeah. for everything that Serena has done, we thank you, the Tens and Bagels Podcast. Thanks, Serena Williams, for her career. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back for more U.S. Open content. Uh, and yeah, again, thanks, Serena Williams. We'll be watching yeah. highlights of your career for yeah. the rest of our lives, and we hope that. <laughs> Uh, all the tournaments are going to be putting a lot of content over now.
1: Yes. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, Thanks for listening. I did also want to want, want to pop one more thing really quick because I did do a yeah. full episode with Steve Flink, and that was talking yes, more about her got... career in depth and just uh, some of the more statistical things and career achievements and looking at her career and rivals and all those other things that uh, are more much more tennis oriented and yeah. much more. We're gonna be reading. putting that
0: up in the. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, yeah, uh, thanks, to like Steve, again. Make sure to, uh, yeah. All, All right. right. I, Goodbye, yes. Bye. See you guys later. See ya.